1: Hello, ride. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about permaculture. Um, permaculture... It's kind of a loose definition, Um, only came to be in in the 70s, um, as people put it together. And basically what it is, is the integration of land, resources, people, and the environment through mutually beneficial synergy, ideally with no waste in a closed loop. So it's basically utilizing all your resources to kind of work together and kind of, you know, that whole mutually beneficial. And it really is ideal for preppers. I mean, it's just, it's all about simplifying life. It it makes the homestead work smoothly. It straightens out your budget because you end up, you know, trimming things down, you cut down the work, it just kind of brings everything together. So think of, think of it like this. Let me, let me give you some broad strokes, kind of paint a picture for your mind. Um, imagine you have a field, you keep your like bees in it, and they hang out, you let it grow, you get big tall grass, you, you let the sheep and the goats, they go out, they eat all that tall grass. They eat everything. They bring it down to a tolerable kind of level. Then you send your chickens in there, your chickens go in, eat all the little bugs and the little things that are there and they eat it down a little bit more. Then you let the rabbits go in and the rabbits go down and eat it kind of even more down to the ground. And everybody during this whole process is taking a crap and doing their thing and adding kind of fertilizer and all that to this whole environment. And it basically, one, it's saving you work on clearing and and weeding and all this kind of stuff. Well, at the same time, resupplying all the nutrients and breaking it down to make everything better. Plus, you're not paying for rabbit feed. You're not paying for chicken feed or hay for the animals. And it's just this whole mutual beneficial process that kind of takes care of itself and then this land is like ready to go in a year for you know you to put the big garden over there and you just keep cycling through your property letting some sections grow back I mean you know how fast the grass grows right it's not a not in a, a limited supply you right. know so tell us what what's your take on permaculture Kevin
2: I thought it was, I think, you know, I think it's pretty interesting. I, I, you know, the idea is that, uh, it's a, it's a long-term project, you know what I mean? It's, uh, something that you build up over time. And then, you know, after a certain period of time, all you're doing is harvesting rather than yeah. gardening. You know, I, I do a lot of, uh, you know, gardening, you know, where I plant annual plants, you know, but, a uh, uh, permaculture, that's not really what you're going with. You're not going with uh, something that's going to have to be replanted next year. You're going with stuff that's going to resupply itself, you know, apple trees, nut trees, um, you know, things like that, that work in a natural environment right. and and naturally focus on on uh, the right. ecosystem, Breadness. how it's supposed to function. Right. Right.
1: Well, it goes back a lot to that uh, Rick Austin's with his, like, secret garden of survival. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's permaculture, you know? Right. It's that whole continuity and, and mutual beneficial and, and not being out you know, replanting and, and all the time. I mean, this is just a great application of life. It, it's more a process, you know, It mm-hmm. kind of like aquaponics, right? right? Aquaponics where you have, you know, the fish and they put all that nitrogen in the water, but then they're growing plants on top of the water or, or cycling that water into a plant bed. Mm-hmm. where they're taking the nitrogen out to feed the plants and it just kind of all works together. This ends up one just being a natural way, I guess you could say, the way that God intended it to work, right? You know, nature is supposed to like take care of itself. Right. You know, they all do it without hard work. You don't see, you know, squirrels out freaking, you know, sowing the uh well, they do sow the nuts, but they sow the the seeds for new trees by going and burying them everywhere, thinking they're storing them. Right. And it naturally, you know, keeps that thing going. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of that idea. It just keeps going. You want to find ways to work everything together to make your life easier and to get a bigger and better harvest. And you'll find that you end up fighting insects and predators as you bring these things together. Things just kind of work naturally where, Because you got to imagine through evolution, like all over time, these things have found a way to work with each other, but they've kind of ruled out the bad things, you know, like it it wouldn't have survived if bugs were coming in and destroying when you did it this way, right? right? So when we follow nature's path, it ends up already being planned out to succeed,
2: Mm-hmm. Right. If
1: that makes any sense.
2: Right. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of farming in the United States today is monoculture, you know, mo- mono agriculture, you know, where you have one one crop, you know what I mean? But if you get, you know, one type of fungus or a specific type of uh, insect, you could ruin the whole crop. The idea with uh, permaculture is that, you know, using using like multiple different uh, sources um, if you have one failure, then, uh, you know, you have everything else to balance it out. So there's there's 12 steps uh, or 12 principles of, of permaculture. So let's go through the 12 steps. The first one is uh, observe and interact. The idea is when you uh, find your piece of property that you're going to be working with or you're going to be homesteading on, you want to spend some time. You know, walking the property and figuring out, you know, the terrain, what kind of uh, trees and what kind of soil you have, uh, what type of, you know, water access do you have, Um, you know, you're going to want to spend some time before you start, you know, getting a pickaxe and a shovel and start, you know, tearing things up. You want to see what you already have to work with and kind of focus on on those areas and uh, and and. Just just spend some time getting to know the land that you're on. Uh, the the second principle is catch and store energy. Now, that just doesn't mean, that doesn't just mean like electricity, you know. That means, um, you know, like having a forest to, to supply fuel for your stove, for your wood stove, right? Um, uh, storing water that's on your property, like uh, rain barrels or, you know, you know, setting up swales to divert water in a, you know, specific place where you can catch it and store it, you know, that types of type of thing. So, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff is just a basic land management that can de- be done pretty simply. And once you have it set up, it should last, you know, it should be a permanent system that, you know, that functions in a continuous way. Number three is obtain a yield. Now, the most important thing about this is actually producing something that you can eat, right? Uh, So focus on projects that provide a return. Um, You know, whether it's planting trees, whether it's uh, like setting up those swales to, to, you know, set up a pond or an irrigation system. You know, the idea is that you're, turning the land into something that's that's actually producing for you instead of you having to plant and harvest every year.
1: Right. I mean, that's definitely seems to be the goal though, is to have the land keep giving back. You know, I mean, that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's, you know, people have, you know, a couple of apple trees. If you have some established apple trees, you know that I mean, you're usually getting more apples than you could ever eat in a year all day, you know, with right. two apple trees, you know, and, and that's an amazing thing or the same thing, you know, nut trees, you get two or three pecan trees, you're already doing way more than you could take for your family. Um, I have a neighbor has uh, blueberry bushes. And I've always tried to do blueberry bushes and I'll have like three in a corner of the yard or four mm-hmm. and I'll get them to like three feet tall or four feet tall. And I thought I was cool cause I can get like two cups of blueberries <laughs> a year between right. the birds and whatever. And I'm like, Oh, it's good. And then I moved where I am now in, in the South and so many people have like established blueberry fields kind of thing. And I'm talking in a small area, but because they've been there and they've been forever and that continuity, like Kevin's talking about, we're go they're like, Oh, I have too many blueberries. Can you get, come get some? Could you bring like four or five gallon buckets or so to fill up? And we're walking out with five gallon buckets and they're like, all right, we didn't even put a dent in it. Can you come back next week? And you're like, wait, wait my freezer's, kind of fold to the top of blueberries. Right. But my point is, as you get these things really established and set up right, then they're just going to keep yielding and yielding over and over. And, and that's really the goal and where we're looking at where you can really, you know, produce, but it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's something that you're going to kind of create with time and, and, you know, a little commitment. And honestly, like Kevin said, a little planning, you know, a little forethought of where you put this stuff and how you get it started.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's an important thing is that the idea with uh, permaculture is that you're, you're spending more time harvesting and less time working on a garden, you know, less time like weeding and, and looking, you know, bringing in fertilizer and pesticides and stuff like that. You're working more with the natural system. Now, when it comes to like straight gardening, and permaculture forestry, you're going to get a higher crop crop yield on gardens per acre, but uh, it, you're going to be working a lot more too. You know. So step number four is is uh, apply self regulation and accept feedback. Um, now, what this this means uh, is basically ensuring a functional system. You know what I mean? You want to have other people look at your, you know, look at what's going on there and, you know, get advice from people. You know what I mean? This isn't something that you can, you know, master all by yourself in, in a, a couple of months. It's something that you really want to uh, read up on and study up on. And also, you don't want to uh, spend so much time and money on this that you're uh, that you're, you know, you're killing yourself in your bank account. It's something that you want to build over time, not you know, not all in the first year. Um, well, with inflation, you
1: may just want to bankroll it all right
2: now. I'm just saying, it might be a good a wise investment. Honestly, honestly, Dude, the way I things did, are going, did, it's like uh, I I did
1: pay nine ninety eight for a two by four the other day, and I was
2: like, yeah. damn it. Yeah, it'd be nice if you could harvest some of the lumber from your own property, but unless you have a, a good mill going, man, it's it's real hard to do. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. I keep looking at the, like, uh, I think
1: it's, like, Woodland Mills or something. There's some, like, $3,000 Harbor Freight-style uh, sawmill, and I'm like, do I just need that? Because I feel like that'll pay for itself in a couple 2 by 4s you
2: know? Yeah, no, I seriously. Have, like
1: several pine forests on my property. I mean, you know, they're like an acre each, you know, I have like four, probably four acres of dense, you know, pine trees that are all a hundred feet tall. And I'm just like, "Eh,
2: they'd be great for that. Some damage
1: with that, you
2: know? Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, principle four or principle five using value, uh, value renewable. Um, so basically, what that means is is uh, make the most of nature nature's yield. Um, what you want to do is 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 not necessarily uh, you want to plant plants that are going to produce every year without having to replant them. You know, this is basically a it's an anti tomato uh, tomato podcast permaculture this po- permaculture podcast because it's I like uh, it. you know you want to plant stuff that. You plant it once and then uh, then you don't have to keep planting it every year. Uh, asparagus, uh, blueberry it. bushes, set it and forget it. There you go. Perfect. Uh, number six, principle number six is produce no waste. Now, basically that, that means that you're going to try and reuse everything, whether it's uh, going into the compost bin or it's uh, reusing, you know, gray water, you know, shower water or your dishwasher something like that that they're, uh, um you know, washing machine using that water to water your your crops or you know, put it in a certain way, certain place that's going to uh be, be be beneficial versus just a, a septic tank or uh you know, uh uh leach field. Um like repurpose broken tools. You know, I know I've, I've done that with certain things when I've got, you know, something broken, I'll reuse it as, as a, you know, trellis or um, get a new handle for a, you know, for an ax versus, you know, versus getting rid of the whole thing and and buying a brand new one. Uh, I think a lot of us use, you know, do things like that where we just, you know, repair equipment rather than, than you know, toss it and go buy a new one. Yeah. Um. Design from patterns and details. Uh, use natural patterns and then add, add details after. So, you know, basically, uh, you know, we talk about maybe a, a grove of fruit trees, you know, and then, uh, you know, a patch of asparagus. But you have to have kind of, kind of natural details in between. You know, the borderlands are where you produce the most, uh, you know, the most diverse stuff. And that those right. border areas really will kind of, um, uh, kind of uh, feed everything around it. You know what I mean. You want to be conscientious of what plants return nitrogen to the soil, what plants rob nitrogen from the soil. Um, you know, and you you want to have a, a good balance with that sort of stuff. I know when we uh, talk about you know planning things, a lot of uh, the Native Americans had had systems of doing that you know what do they what was the three sisters what corn beans and squash corn
1: yeah that sounds right and and that's i mean i i know that that secret garden of survival was a lot of that of planting an apple tree in the middle and then they had like beans or something you know growing up it and they had garlic around it to keep the deer away and then they had uh you know, some other flowers that would keep the insects away from it. And, you know, different things. You just, you you find the things that work together. Mm -hmm. Right. And you really, you know, because they're going to take care of each other. You know, just, I mean, you know, that was the biggest thing for me was planting garlic around the uh, apple trees. I mean, that was huge for keeping the deer away. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it made such a difference. And you're like, hey, now I'm getting two great things that are growing out of it. And that mm-hmm. was, you know, the Indians were using the stalk of the uh, the corn to grow, you know, beans up it, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think you want to plant a dead fish in there too, you know, whatever.
2: That's right, the fish heads. <laughs> All right, uh, number eight: integrate rather than segregate. Um, make the when you do, you're designing your your property, uh, use yeah. use a system that allows a relationship between, uh, different things that allow them to work together. And that's kind of what we were talking about there with, with, uh, you know, planning your, your plants, uh, around each other to be, you know, uh, to, to help each other out, you know, versus, um, you know, versus planting this chunk of stuff here and this chunk of stuff here, that sort of thing. Uh, number nine: Use small and slow solutions. Uh, basically, uh, working on a on a project uh, slowly and over time, um, you're going to be able to to design stuff that's going to be more sustainable. You're going to have a better idea how how um, how things are going to work together, and you're going to have a better idea. Uh, taking your time, you're going to have a better uh, crop. And diversity of harvest basically you know what i mean some plants that you know like apple trees it might be six years before you even get an apple out of it you know what i mean some of those longer slower growing uh trees and and nut trees specifically can take a while before you're actually harvesting but you have to plan ahead for that sort of stuff uh number 10 Use and value diversity. Uh, basically, if something fails, you have a backup system. You have a backup for it. You know what I mean? If, uh, you know, if you have some blight on your apple trees, uh, you still have other, you know, other crops and other things producing for you that you're not just, you know, just fucked. Right. Uh, you know, chickens, goats, and pigs, uh, fruit, nut, tree, fruit trees, nut trees, um, hardwood trees for fuel, uh, fishing and hunting. Basically you have, you know, a lot of options to, uh, to work with when you're working with the land instead of against it. Number 11, use edges and value the marginal, uh, borders between where things are, uh, are, are the like the most valuable and diverse uh, productive elements of your, of your property. Now we talked about that a few minutes ago, but it bears repeating that the small little sections between areas are really useful. You know, the, the little border next to your walkway, uh, you know, edges along your, you know, along your driveway or the, a road front, even, you know, those can be. no poison productive. ivy thrives there. Right. It does. It does. That's a good, it's a good spot for growing poison ivy. But, you know, even using things like poison ivy and pricker bushes around the outside of your, your property might uh, prevent people from... Keep banning, little kids away. Know what I mean? Yeah. That's right. Or at least keep little kids itching so much they can't trash your stuff. Yeah. Uh, number 12, the last one, is creatively use and respond to change. So yeah, when you have a, a, a bad situation occur, something goes wrong or something like that, the idea is to exploit it instead of uh, you know instead of trying to fight against it. you know if if your pond is is leaking and causing a a marshy area, you know find some wetland plants to use instead of instead of you know right. you know doing all sorts of work to try and divert water and fix things you know use use that area to grow things that are are useful. you know you can even build little uh, um, you know peninsulas or islands in there to grow fruit trees, but, you know, or trees that use a lot of water, you know, that suck up, will suck up some of that stuff. Watermelons, a lot of, a lot of uh, different, you know, different types of uh, produce use a lot of water and things like that. You can use to your advantage instead of, uh, you know, instead of just trying to fight against nature. So those are basically the 12 principles. And I think when it comes down to uh, homesteading and creating a long-term uh, property. I think that, uh, you know, gardening is great. You know, you can produce a lot, but it takes a lot of work. And if you're working and planning on living in the same, you know, land and the same piece of property for a long time, it's worth the time and effort to, to plant some slower growing, uh, plants, uh, plan, you know, plan your property out a little bit more to be helpful, you know? So you don't have to yeah. use electricity as much. You don't have to use pumps as much. You can, you know, things are naturally irrigate itself.
1: That really is the goal. I mean, the idea is, I mean, if you can cut down on the time you're spending weeding, I know, you know, that's a game changer for, you know, my wife with, with her gardens and stuff is, I mean, now we use ground cover and different things. right? And things that probably are not ideal in the, the whole natural kind of scheme of things, but using techniques like this and utilizing stuff that is going to take care of itself using, you know, your animals to, you know, go in and, and you're saving on feed. I mean, that kind of stuff is huge. And like you said, just the electricity you're using to pump water around or to run the tractor to do different things. It's, it's a big deal, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It can be a game changer.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it can be an, an annual expense uh, when you, when you do like a, you know, you know, like a gardening, like I do, you know what I mean? I, I usually harvest and save my seeds and I, I compost and I use some of that, but I still have to bring in fertilizer and dirt here and there. Sure. And uh, you know, that's, it's one of those things that with a, with a, with permaculture, you're not going to be having those annual expenses. You know, you're gonna go from planting every year to just harvesting every year. And that, you know, that makes a big difference, especially as we get, you know, older. My back hurts when I spend too long weeding. You know? I'm an, I'm an old man now. My body doesn't work like it used to work.
1: Yeah, it's sad when those days come, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. I just
2: uh no. I just noticed that uh you know I, I, I'm starting to have a gut at the end of every winter instead of uh, oh. instead of keeping my six pack year year round. It's going to take me uh, all the spring to to I'm get rid catch of this up belly. To me.
1: <laughs> Sooner or later, catch up to me. It's not good. Oh yeah, it'll take a little time. You, you got a few years. <laughs> um, that's. Uh, but the big thing is, like, I mean, these are principles that you can even kind of just use in life. That just makes sense, though. With the whole permaculture thing. Like, so my wife goes to these these farmers markets and, and goes and, and she's got a bit of a flower farm here and, and we grow all this other stuff, but it's what else can you do to you know utilize these same? So she's already doing the effort of going and sitting at a farmer's market every day. Are there other things? You know, it turns out my woods are full of just grapes that grow naturally. You know, can we harvest the grapes and put it in and and take that with it? What I'm saying is it's that whole everything working together. You know, I'm doing all these projects and whatever. Hey, if she's already there and at a market, if she could sell and, and do some different things with the other stuff that we have available to us, you can make it so much more. Mm -hmm. You know, like I I was always trying to weigh out the benefit of of getting a uh, FFL and and doing the gun store thing. And I'm like, well, you know, one, I, I look at Gun Broker and I'm like, gee, I know I can get guns cheaper than, you know, what I'm seeing things sell for there. So that's one benefit. But then, all right, well, I buy a lot of guns. So that $30 transfer fee that I could be saving every time I buy a gun, that's another benefit. Um, If I'm a gun manufacturer, I can make full auto weapons. That's another benefit. But the thing is, you find ways that you get multiple things coming out of the same expense. The more things you can get giving back to you, then the better it's going to be, you know, and that's, that's how you kind of justify things, you know, it's like, well, I have a truck because I, I like a truck and it's tough and cool. All right, well, I can go mudding with it and I can do all the, the redneck things that I like to do. But then, all right, I can pull a trailer so I can go make money with it. All right, I can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, use it to go get lumber and whatever. And the thing is, the more ways you can apply it, and you know, in my case, I'm always looking for the more ways I can make money with it the more yeah. i can justify it but right. it doesn't matter it's how many problems can you solve with each thing that you do and by planning things that are going to just kind of give back and work together it's so much more and that's kind of that whole permaculture mindset though is is making things work together you know we work so hard fighting things and and trying to change it instead of saying all right this is the world how can i fit myself into it you know and i I think that's the approach we need and i definitely as like a homesteader or trying to live off grid it's so much easier to accept and embrace it as opposed to try and fight the land and and work against it and Mm -hmm. i think that's the goal that you know we all kind of need to be working towards and like i said it really applies in life and and all around is you know instead of change it how can i kind of get into it and steer it in a direction that's going to benefit you know me and and get us the outcomes that we want right and you know and and maybe that's you know maybe my outcome is benefit my community or whatever goal it is you're looking for that's the thing you want to kind of rather let's steer the ship Instead of build a new ship every time, I guess is where I'm trying to go.
2: Right. Right. And, you know, I think it's, I think there's something to be said for, uh, you know, diversifying your portfolio. You know what I mean? As far as uh, the things you're producing, you know, I know if, um, you know, I know personally there's a lot of vegetables that I really like that are, uh, you know, that are great. They grow fast, lettuces, spinaches, and things like that. But there's also a lot of vegetables that you can uh, preserve for a long period of time, you know, as far as, uh, you know, roasted peppers or, uh, you know, pickles or things like that that you can get from your garden, you know, making jams and jellies out of fruits that you can do to preserve y- the foods. And when you have multiple, you know, sources coming in, then you cover a lot of your bases. You know what I mean? If you're collecting your own honey, And your own jelly and, you know, your own, uh, your own pickled vegetables and things like that. You can save a lot of money from the grocery store. You know, when you're, when you're, uh, you know, harvesting lettuces and things like that, that's great for, you know, the month or two that you've got them coming in. But, you know, if you can really preserve some of the foods and and grow some of the foods that have a longer shelf life, um, you can really stretch it out for a long period during the winter and you know during the uh, winter and early spring. But that's, um,
1: that's always the goal, though,
2: right? Long, long term have
1: that year round, right? Long term kind of supply, mm-hmm. and I think that's where we're all kind of working towards. And there's so many different things, like like you said, fruit and nut trees, berry bushes, you know, things like that can be such a huge additive, you know, to your, to your uh, whole survival
2: plan or food stores that it can be a game changer. Right. Right. And i i like the idea of how, how things work together. The more I read about it, you know what I mean? Like you don't have a bug problem. You have a lack of chickens problem. You know,
1: you don't have a slug <laughs> problem. Go.
2: You have a lack of ducks problem. You know, that's, that sort of idea where, you know, things work together to, uh, benefit each other, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, you got Thanks. anything else on permaculture?
1: That's, that's what I got on permaculture. All right. Make Sounds it good. That's what so I can tell you. If you guys,
2: yeah, if you guys want to, uh, send us an email at prepping at at gmail.com, we will read the email. If you've got ideas for show topics, uh, if you've got questions, if you've got ideas, uh, just shoot us an email and let us know and uh what else can they do go to our facebook page
1: what they want to do is they want to go to uh prepping badass.com and they want to buy some cool t-shirts that say don't give them a fucking inch because that's you really go. what it's all about you know don't give them a fucking inch and i like permaculture you know maybe we can mm-hmm. make that shirt make that happen yeah. right yeah. <laughs> there you go work together Work together people um, you do the work so I don't have to that's what we need um, I don't know so anyway PreppingBadass.com. badasscom you also can support the uh, the Facebook uh, or sorry yeah, the, the podcast with uh, going to prep uh, patreon.com slant prepping badass you also can join the conversation on Facebook by searching out the prepping badass group or uh, the Prepping Badass Facebook page. You see a lot of cool information posted up there. Um, With that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week.
2: The Survival and Basic Badass podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network.
0: anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throw? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.
1: When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know, right here at Hawk's Cave.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.